All right, welcome to Point of View, Ryan and Elliot's draft special. Um, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Um, other than the fact that Inter won the league, but yeah, but we just spent 45 minutes talking about that, so I think we're all tapped out on, on that subject. <laughs> all right, so we're not going to go through every single pick, obviously, because 265 picks is just absolutely absurd. All right. Or excuse me, 259, but. Um, I do definitely want to go through all the first round and definitely some second and third, if that's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm down with that. And I do have a lot of agree, like the Saints, the one Saints pick me and you discussed, which is just absolutely yeah. embarrassing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> even though it was a fourth rounder. All right, but let's start <laughs> out. With uh, all right. So the first three picks, um, it's the first time since uh, 1999, I believe, yeah. When it was Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and I think Akili Smith. Yeah, Akili Smith. That draft class. So there's only one good player um, drafted um, in that uh, in that class uh, of the top two picks, at least. Um, so, yeah. So, you got off with Trevor Lawrence, obviously, number one. Zach Wilson. And then you said the 49ers made the best move by drafting Trey Lance. Yeah, at, at that point in the draft, it was. Then Chicago went up and got Justin Fields. So I think as far as – it's difficult because the Patriots getting Mac Jones, that's a really nice spot for him. Uh, the 49ers there with, uh, with Trey Lance, I thought was a great pick. I thought they were going to screw with Mac Jones, which is which – is, it's weird because with the Patriots, that's a good pick for Mac Jones. But at number three, it's a whole different uh, scenario. But um, obviously with the number one pick, we already knew what was happening there. Um, but I thought, I thought the Trey Lance move was really good. Um, if you look at just the quarterbacks over the last couple of years, it's, it's a lot of mobile quarterbacks, guys going out there and, and becoming superstars. You look at, uh, the boy, uh, in, uh, in, um, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, and even some of these other ones who are, who maybe not be athletic, but ha- can move around enough to, you know, be effective. And I think with the 49ers there, um, it makes the most sense for that offense and for that team to have someone who can become a superstar. And you have Jimmy G there for at least a year um, if they don't trade him. I think that's a good value uh, right there. And I think a lot – it was just all this about Mac Jones, this, Mac Jones, that, number three. And I, I never truly got it. But as I said in my mock draft, I said they should take – uh, either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Um, obviously, I'm higher on Fields by maybe by an inch, but um, a really good value there. Um, the guy never – I mean, he was playing for, you know, whatever, South North Dakota State or whatever, but he, he – his uh, – not this year, but the year before, he didn't have an interception. He had 40 total touchdowns, no interceptions. He's accurate, deadly accurate, to be honest. Um, hasn't played against the best competition – but from just a scouting standpoint, he has everything. He can move around. Uh, got the wheels. Um, and, again, he's going to be well protected there with good defense. And I think Trey Lance at number three was, was – I was surprised when it happened, but I thought it was, it was, it was one, a wonderful spot for him, not only for Trey, but also for the 49ers going forward. Yeah. Um, so, out of the three, um, we all knew who the first two were going to be. And – I don't want you to say Trevor Lawrence just because it's the easy answer. But if you look at all the teams, okay, that like all these guys got drafted to, mm-hmm. who's going to have the most successful career? Because remember, where you get taken is also very important. And I'm not talking like stats. I'm talking in terms of like winning, getting deep in the playoffs, and potentially winning a Super Bowl. Um, 
That's a tough one because I think with, with number three, um, and number 11, and number 15, all have cases for that. Um, the Jets and the Jags, Trevor's the best in this class, but he's playing. He, he's on a team that's not very good. They won one game he's last year. And he's on a team that, that continuously makes egregious decisions. Exactly. Um, they did, they, they had made a very the, good, the one fluke AFC title game. Yeah. Um, they did have a good, good, very good draft, but still. The Jets are dysfunctional, so I'm, we're going to throw that out. So it's really between the 49ers, the, um, the Patriots, and, um, and the Bears. Um, I would say for the next decade, um, I would say the 49ers probably, Trey Lance ha- has the best chance for success. You have a good coach. He's been to Super Bowls. We know, we know he screwed them, but, but he is, you, it's only a fool would say he's not. Uh, Kyle Shanahan isn't a good coach. He's an excellent coach. Uh, then you look, they, they have good protection on the offensive line. They got good receivers there. Um, on defense, they have uh, Bosa, um, Nick Bosa, who, who was unbelievable his, his first year um, before getting banged up last year. So everything that, that Trey Lance would need is right there. He's going to sit behind Jimmy G, and when he takes the reins, I think this team, this team is potentially can be a Super Bowl team very early. Um, I do think Mac Jones will have success in New England. Um, I think he's the perfect guy for Belichick, and I think they're, they're, they're really going to work with him. I don't think he's going to start out the gates either, but um, really important uh, move there for the Patriots. Um, and then the Bears. The Bears is, is intriguing because they have issues. Uh, but Justin Fields in Chicago, I think, is very interesting. But out of the out of all of them, I think San Francisco, aka Trey Lance, is is going to have the best um, career. Not in terms of stats, but I think he'll win um, more often than anyone else in this class, and that includes uh, Trevor Lawrence and um, Zach Wilson, of course. All right, um, can I tell you a pick I love, even though people. And I know Broncos fans, and I hate this because Patrick Mahone's going to have to throw him. And I know Broncos fans were begging for a quarterback. I love the Patrick Sertan pick, though. Don't you? Yeah, that was that was a really good pick because it screwed up. Um, it screwed up Dallas and it screwed up Philadelphia. Because remember how Philadelphia came out and they went up and traded. They traded. Um, they traded up to get um Devonte Smith. The yeah. reason they did that is because the the, the guy that they wanted was off the board. So both Cowboys and the Eagles wanted either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan, and both of them were gone before they could do anything. So because of, because of this sort of situation – or sorry, Denver. Uh, I forgot. I th- one of them went to Arizona, right? Is that right? J.C. Horn, I think so. Um, no, J.C. Horn went to Carolina. Okay, Carolina. My bad. I got confused. Uh, Carolina and, and Arizona confused. Um, but those two came up early. So because of that, the Eagles and, and, and Dallas rearranged their draft. I thought Dallas rebounded very quickly because I didn't think that, um, that Parsons was going to slide all the way down there, but he did. So it's kind of like a consolation prize. But Patrick Sertan and J.C. Hunt for Carolina, I think both of those were, were two of the best picks in the first round just because you look at um, the division you're in. You're going to have to deal with Tom Brady in, 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 the, in the Carolina division at least for another couple of years. Uh, there's other, obviously not not amazing quarterback talents in that one, but the the Denver one's big because you have Patrick Mahomes, um, then you have um, Justin Herbert in there too, and the you know who cares Derek about the, Moore, the who can throw a ball good too. Yeah, I mean yeah, you have three, again, he's 
he's not like I, I wouldn't be afraid to be in his division because he doesn't scare me the way others would. But but he still he still is a capable quarterback. And you, Denver has a shutdown corner um, right there. And I know everybody wanted him to take to take one of the quarterbacks, but but I think this is a really good pick for the value and where they got him. Um, and you get two cornerbacks coming off the board very early, which I like to see because I think that's a, a very underrated position when it comes to draft. It's either like teams overdraft, like when um, when the Cleveland Browns took um, the – I forgot the guy's name, the Ohio State cornerback at number four. Andrew Ward. Yeah, it was a ridiculous pick. Or yeah. you'll, see, you'll see guys, you know, really all pros – uh, like uh, back in the day, Darrell Revis dropped to 17. And I thought that was ridiculous. He was, I would have taken him in the top five or 10 of that draft. But, but this was perfect because this is exactly where their, their value lasts. And the teams that drafted him were in dire need of those positions. When they drafted Tersertain and Horn, I was surprised. But I like the picks for what they're going to offer those teams. And, and those two are going to be – I think those two can make a Pro Bowl in the first two years considering the, the – you know. And they're a little different. I think J.C. Horn's not a guy who gets a lot of interceptions, but he shuts, he shuts people down. And, again, it's not all about the stats and all that stuff, but, but what he'll be able to do in Carolina with that, with the, with that team with, um, and all that, I think that's, that's a really interesting uh, approach. And then you look at a certain, obviously, who can who gets more interceptions and also is a shutdown guy who can who can make things as uncomfortable as he can for those those two unbelievable quarterbacks they have in that division. All right, I'll tell you another pick that I loved, and you can call me crazy. I think this guy's the is the best offensive line prospect we've seen since Joe Thomas. How about the Lions absolutely stealing Penny Sewell at number seven? Um, yeah, my question about that was how did they drop to number seven? Uh, you know, you look at this draft. You know Why what? did the Bengals not take him? I know that they need receivers, but you know what? Joe Burrow just came off an ACL tear. Don't you want to keep your quarterback upright? No, 100%. And I think, um, again, and I think they, they played too much into the, um, uh, oh, he's, he's my former teammate um, uh, type of thing. And I think that influenced the decision. And I'm so I'm sure Joe Burrow is thrilled getting to play with his former teammate. But but I think that's not the smartest pick here. And you look you you know you look down their draft. Um, obviously they they you know they took Jamar Chase, um, and then they didn't take a offensive alignment. And I, as I said before, it's a deep offensive alignment draft. But but they didn't take one that 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 for me like justifies not taking Penil Sula five. Um, they got a they got a decent offensive lineman in the uh, I think it was in the second round. Uh, Jackson yeah, Carver, uh, Car- Carver from Clemson. Yeah, and so on, on a sense, he's a good player for there, but he needs some work. So it's going to take him a little while to get the field the NFL game in that. Um, in, in you know, obviously, it's a good pick. I'm not no, I'm not slaving a pick, but it's not convincing enough to say. You know, because if you're if you're drafting a Jamar Chase, you have to make up for that offensive line somewhere else, and that's just not a strong enough. And I think he's a good pick, and I think he can be a good player, but it's not strong a strong enough pick to pass up Penel Sewell, who I think is one going to be one of the best. Um, there's there's always a couple gold get um, gold um, jacket guys in this draft. I think Sewell is without a doubt one of them, um, yeah. and I think letting him slide is. Is is surprising, but I'm not surprised because of the whole connection. 
Um, obviously, if, if it was me, I would have taken him with, with the Jets um, and, and traded back in for another quarterback because I think it's he's such a big asset to, to let slide and, and so on and so forth. But um, that was a – that was a strange one, but the Lions getting that protection. And when, when Fields continued to drop, I thought he was going seven because they don't love um, Jared Goff. But he's, he was They made there. the right pick, though. They did make the right pick. That's what I loved about it because you, you, it's just sort of like it's seducing you into the fact like, okay, let's go get Justin Fields. But at the same time, this guy just this guy's probably if you just rank prospects is probably the number 2 or number 3 overall best player in this draft and he you have him at 7 it was they made the right choice but you you would think that they were going to go quarterback and i love the way they were they were they handled that whole situation and now you have the best offensive lineman i have seen in this draft since um joe thomas so this is a huge thing and he can play he can play any of the positions on the offensive line which is going to give Goff a chance in uh, in Detroit, and don't forget the Lions have two first rounders next year. I mean, I know the Rams will might be extremely low, but you we've seen you can find a good quarterback in the late rounds of the first round as well. Like they yeah. they got and Goff could succeed because of this pick. Like people don't realize how much a good uh, person to anchor the offensive line, like what that does for your quarterback. Yeah, and I think I think jo- Goff does a good job. I think he can be something in Detroit. Um, but I think they basically said they're basically saying with this pick, we're all in on Jared Goff because you, you don't know the database of, of college football next year draft as, as I do. It's not a good draft. It's not a good uh, NFL draft for quarterbacks next year. I would be surprised if if there's if the number one overall pick is a quarterback, just because right. it's 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 mundane. It's mundane. It's not very good. And um, so j- just to give some p- people some perspective, um, you know, the quarterback that the Texans take uh, Mills from Stanford. Yeah. If he, if he had stayed in school, he probably would have, en- you know, engineered himself into the top 10. Uh, but because he, he came out early, he dropped to the, I think, third round, um, things like that. So that just tells you a kind of what the QB class next year is like. The guy, guy from Carolina is okay. I don't love him, um, but he's, He's decent. If anyone, if any quarterback next year is going to be the, the top guy, it's probably going to be the one from Tulsa, which sounds crazy. But again, uh, Zach um, uh, Wilson just came out from BYU. That's the one quarterback that I said maybe he can be a star in this league. But And, and I'm that's really pushing it. So when you make yeah, that and, pick. And you're pushing it because I'm looking up now. Most people don't even have him in the top 10 of quarterbacks next year. Yeah, so. So again, it's again, if, if Mills doesn't um, leave school, doesn't leave school, he's a, he's the one quarterback you would say that's 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 my guy. But now that he's out, that because he he came out early and he got picked in the third round, the the quarterback class, which is already very weak, is even weaker than than what you would expect. So when you're making this pick, you're you're basically, and this goes for all the guys who might have tra- drafted quarterbacks. Two is going to be their starting quarterback this year and next year. You know why? Because there's, they're not going to find another. Uh, uh, you're not going to. The quarterback class is so weak. Same with with Detroit. Detroit basically said by picking Sewell, which was the right pick, that they're they're sticking with Jared Goff at least this year and next year because there's not a lot of talent at the quarterback position next season. And obviously, you know this is this was a pretty strong class. Um, 
even in the later the later rounds with David Mills and um and Kellen Mott and those guys, but but because they took Sewell at that spot, it's basically telling the organization that we are actually all in on Jared Goff. Because if you're not in on Jared Goff, you take Justin Fields. Because if you think you're going to have to get a quarterback next year, you draft a quarterback there. So because they didn't do that, that's telling me that they're, they're, they're very content with what they have right now at that position. All right. Um, speaking of teams that are going to help their quarterback out, uh, Jalen Waddle, I absolutely love this pick. And I'm so happy – they didn't go for the Devontae Smith. Yeah, um, that was a, the smartest thing they could have done there. Um, Devontae Smith was on a um, podcast this week with – or last week with um, with Shannon Sharp, um, and he basically straight out said that if Jalen Waddle had played this year he or played full the full season, he wouldn't have won the Heisman. Jalen Waddle is the best receiver from Alabama in this draft. Um so you look at this in, in any way you want, and you get a guy who's going to be very reliable for Tua. Tua played with uh, Jalen Waddle the year before. And, again, it's, it's sort of like drafting your friends and stuff like that. But, but I really like this pick. I think he's going to be uh, a beast from the, the very beginning of the season. Uh, I think he has almost no chance of busting. Um, and uh, to get him at six – which you would have thought maybe they take Sewell at six, but but with that situation and making that show with the Eagles, it's worked out for them. They get they get the, the wide receiver they probably would have drafted anyways. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's a great pick. Devontae Smith was a reach at where he was drafted, uh, which I don't quite understand, but I kind of get it. Um, but with, with the Dolphins, um, I think this was this was a really good pick for, for what he can provide for Tua. If Tua is no good – Jalen Waddle can still make him look good. You know what I mean? He's just that yeah. good. So, and I, I don't think so. I don't think Tua's trash or anything like that. I just don't see him as the answer at quarterback. But that's the that's not a here nor there. But you can kind of win with decent quarterback play. Um, Mitch Trubisky led the Bears to the playoffs twice. And again, I don't I don't think very highly of Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky and Tua are the same, but. But it proves that with with other pieces around to help you out, you can make the playoffs and win games. And with that coach that they have up there, Brian Flores, the Dolphins are going to be very good who, regardless who the quarterback is. And this just gives them another weapon. So even if Tua isn't the answer full-time and doesn't get a second contract, he'll, he can do enough for them to make playoff games. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Um, Lamar Jackson has no excuse now not to win a playoff game next year, correct? After what yeah. the Ravens went out, yeah, I mean, and it, I, know it was you, a, I know you're a Minnesota guy, so you are a little bit biased this pick. But Rashad Bateman, tell me, um, why he's going to help Lamar and the Ravens so much? Um, you know, he's special. I think he's 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 in. A, they don't. I mean, the, the Ravens have some wide receiver help. He, I mean, I, they got the kid from Alabama. Uh, Hollywood Brown uh, a few years ago. He's a very good player. He's not uh, Rashad Bateman. I saw this kid live against Penn State, who were the number four team um, in the country at the time, with good defense. And remember, who was on that Penn State defense? Mika Parson, the guy who I think is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He torched them all afternoon. And, again, Tanner Morgan is not a fabulous quarterback for the University of Minnesota. He's good enough. He puts up decent numbers. But he's not an all-pro He'll probably be in the draft next year. He probably won't be, a, a, you know, somebody who's going to be changing somebody's franchise. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. I think Rashad Bateman has all of it. He's He's got um, 
little little skinny but also very explosive um i think he he's been doing really well at minnesota for pretty much he's been there and you saw the gophers um infusion in last year's draft with two of them picking up super bowl rings last season so you see it's a good program with a great coach and um you know, Rashad Bateman is a huge weapon for Lamar Jackson, and they're very similar. He can do a lot of things. He can go for the deep ball. He can. He's a great route runner. He can catch screen passes. He can do it all. Um, is he the best receiver in this draft? No. But outside of the big ones, is he out of you know outside of the the really the the the, the name brand ones? You know, and I think there's an argument to be made just from a uh, scouting standpoint that he offers me more. Than Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is a better player, but I think Rashad B- Bateman could have huge success with um, uh, with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has gotten exactly what he asked for. He has to deliver now. He can't um, drag his feet through playoff games. He has to show up in the big moments because that's what they're going to expect from him. And that's why they drafted this kid. Um, I thought this kid was going to go to Jacksonville to go link up with Trevor Lawrence. They had different ideas, and I think they were later in the draft anyways. But, um, yeah, it, it, this is a perfect pick for Baltimore. Now they, they have to – Lamar Jackson has to find a way to, to get on the same page with this guy. This is the number one receiver, and they need to get on the uh, – sort of get it rolling early. Um, and, and if they can get on the same page, they can be extremely dangerous. Um. Can I, here's my next question for you. Why do the Raiders continue to defy logic and make absolutely egregious picks? <laughs> and, you know, it's nothing against Marvel 1, but it, it, me and you both look. If you look on any worst first-round pick in the last 20 years list, there will be at least three Raiders on there. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. At the least point, three Raiders. <laughs> when you, when Why you told me to reach? When you told me the first time, I thought about the receiver that I took last year. Who all he all he really had to offer was speed, um, yeah. and it's at number twelve. And with uh, Jerry Judy and, and other better receivers on the board, it just doesn't make sense. This one, I did, I don't get it. They could have had Alex Leatherwood in the in the second round. Why did they take him at seventeen? And it's just this idiotic logic. And I was watching the herd um, the day after the draft, and it just cracked me up because what Colin was bringing to my attention was the Raiders are going to take who they want regardless of what pick they have. So yes, they, they should have taken – even though it would have been a reach, they should have taken Tevin Jenkins. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, there's a lot of the different or ones. The, you could have gone to from Virginia Tech that the Vikings got. Yeah, that's, that's what I – look, I think that still would have been a reach. Yeah, yeah, Darasaw, yeah. I think that would have been a reach regardless, but that's a reach you can justify because Darasaw was going up the draft boards prior to the prior to the Thursday's draft. Um, you yeah. could have even gone different position. Jalen Phillips is a steal at number 18. The Dolphins was taking a pick later. You have Jamin Davis who went to the Washington football team. Um, I mean, go down. Could he pay? I mean, there, there's so many different ones. Even the um, – Najee Harris – yeah, I mean, they have more than one issue. They could have gone through a numbers, numerous of different picks. Um, Greg Newsom. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, yeah, there's a lot of really good players. Um, the one from Washington, I like a lot of the guys who were drafted after that. Um, and it, it's just funny because the Raiders made the Packers pick look exceptional, which was a Packers first round pick was awful, but. <laughs> At least, at least they drafted because the distance between the 29th pick and the top of the first round, 
they're only a couple picks. The difference between the 17 pick and the top of the second round, that's a lot of that's a lot of players. They drafted, and I like the kid from Alabama that they drafted, but at, it, or I think that's from, but um, yeah, Alabama, yeah. That was a good pick for the Raiders, but it was also a bad pick because they took him about 20 to 30 spots higher than he should have been taken. And it's, just, it's, it's the most Raider thing ever. We're just going to draft who we want, regardless of the pick we have. If you wanted him so bad, why don't you trade down to the top of the second round, take him where you would, you know, take him to where you would want to be in that spot, and so on and so forth. So it's, I, I just found the whole thing really ridiculous. But I, I wish him well, and I think, I, in all honesty, I think he's going to be a good player. But is he going to prove that he's worth the 17th pick? Absolutely not. If you took him at the bottom of the first round, I get it. But you're, you're talking about a 17th overall pick midway through the draft. There's so much better out there that you could have gone with, and you take, you take the guy you want. But the guy you want is not a 17th overall pick. He's a 29th pick, and, and, uh, bet- and between that and, like, the top half of the first, of the second round, you could even argue midway through the second round. So they took someone. They're paying. They're gonna, so they're based essentially. They drafted a second round pick at seventeen, and now you're going to have to pay him first. Uh, a first no round money. money. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense to me. And again, it didn't surprise me because it's the Raiders. But you would have thought that they can't be this stupid. Mike Mayock is a, was a better analyst than he has been a GM. This is the second draft that they have screwed up the first round. <laughs> I mean, really, though, like, people, like, look, go, like, any website, uh, like, BR, you know, uh, SI, any of those places, and look at, the like, the worst first-round picks in the last 20 years. I guarantee you there'll be at least three Raiders on there. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, do you like the Jamar Chase pick? Um, I like – yeah, I liked it. I – I would have preferred Cal Pitts, but I, I believe he was gone already. I, yep. I do like the – he's – Jamar Chase is a NFL wide receiver. And he's – again, I, it, it's a weird one because you – obviously we talk a lot of times on the other football show we do. I'm, I'm very into mental uh, mentality and how people uh, uh, talk and how people say certain things and things like that. Um, we've always often talking about the Liverpool Atletico thing with Andrew Robertson. Some of the interviews that I've heard post or during or post just turned me off certain prospects. And it's, that's not going to define everything, but I, I, the problem I have with Jamar Chase, and I think he's the best receiver in this draft, but he's talking, he's talking a whole lot for somebody who hasn't played a game yet. Uh, and I, he should be ambitious. He should want to do out, do go out there and break every record that the, the Bengals have. But to come out and say that, you know, uh, so immediately, like I'm going to break every, I just didn't like, I didn't like the vibe that I got from him post draft. I hope this isn't like one of those situations where he's going to be a chirping every week. And I, you know, I, I, I don't have a huge issue with that. Um, but I think, I think Joe Burrow are going to keep him grounded and things like that. Um, it was a, a, tre- a tremendous pick for where that, because obviously I would have taken Sewell, but outside of that, he is the best offensive player left in, in that, in that bracket of the draft. Um, but I, I just did not love the, the way he handled the uh, the interview and and stuff like that. And again, that's not that's not doesn't mean everything. But to me, that kind of shows what kind of character you you are and what, what you have. And again, uh, it is what it is, and we'll see what he does. But I, I just don't 
I don't want to see this guy every Sunday talking like he's the like he's Calvin Johnson. Go out there, start breaking records. Once you have a reputation, then you can start talking like you're the baddest MF on the planet. But until then, I, I think I just didn't love some of the comments that he made afterwards. But uh, away from that, I think it was a very good pick. You know, if if P- Penelso wasn't there, I probably would have done the same thing. Uh, but right there, I think uh, Jamar Chase is it, it's a perfect fit with with um, with Joe Burrow. But again, I want to I want my guy Joe protected, and I think Penelso would have been the better pick. But Jamar Chase is an excellent spot there, right there. All right, is Kyle Pitts a Gold Jacket member in your opinion? Yeah, to me, to me in this in this draft, if if you're gonna take, you know, if you just look from top to bottom, there's three with a very high potential of um, of Gold Jacket. Um, Maybe four. Um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, and then you look at um, um, Kyle Pitts um, and Penelso. And if if you're really going to argue or try to give a case to someone else, I would say the linebacker from Penn State, um, uh, Micah Parsons, also was in that conversation. Um, but I, I, you know, I think I think Kyle Pitts has everything. <clears throat> he reminds me a lot of Travis Kelsey but way more athleticism and way more, uh, you know, cause he's the highest, I think he's the highest uh, drafted tight end ever. Something like that. Yeah. He, I think him and Matt Ryan are going to have fun together. I really do. Again, I think Atlanta has so many other problems that have nothing to do with offense, but they're going to put up points. The question is, did the rest of their draft doing what they did? Does that counteract um, the pick? We'll see, but but I think he's got everything. He's he's a big guy. He's physical. He he can go up and get it. And so Matt Ryan can just chuck it up in the air down the field. And you know, you know Kyle Pitts will find a way to get the ball done. So I think he's a huge huge talent. Um, I, I really like his game a lot. Um, he's highly regarded by a lot of people. Um, I don't think he's a better prospect than Peniel Sewell or Trevor Lawrence for that matter. But he's someone that can be extraordinarily special at this level. And if he has, as long as he has a quarterback that's competent, he's going to put up numbers, and I, I think he's going to he's going to come out of the gates firing. All right, um, very good. So speaking of uh, your prediction for defensive rookie of the year, Mika Parsons. Yeah, the Cowboys got a steal. Yeah, it's a massive. It's it's. I would call it a consolation prize because I think they really wanted Patrick Certain, um, but this this fits. Um, he, he says he wanted to be a cowboy and things like that, and and that that, well, that was Yeah, who does <laughs> um, Plus, you know, when they ask you, uh, also, is this the spot you wanted to land in? You look like a jackass if you say no. <laughs> so I think yeah. anyone who's asked that question is saying yes. But he just, I, it's a great pick because that defense is still very good, but they just got a superstar there. And I think he goes into this, um, again, based on how the, the Dallas defense played last season, um, he goes into it at, at worst, the second best def- defensive player on that team um, in there. And, again, they, the, the, their secondary still needs a low, lot of help there. But, but I really think he can rip it up. I saw him play against my Gophers a bunch of times. Um, he's, really, he's really got that special stuff. And I do think he will win defensive player of the year. And a lot of what I said with that is it didn't matter to me where he was going to land because I knew wherever he was going to go, he could make an impact. The difference between that and a quarterback is quarterback is a lot relying on the rest of the team where a defensive player can be a stud and the team can go 2-14. and 14. So 
it, regardless of where he was going to land, he was always going to be one of those guys that I'm, I was going to look at as as potentially having a breakout season. Uh, I think that I think he could potentially be a Pro Bowl his rookie year in that team with Mike McCarthy. And I, I don't think Mike's a great coach, but if they, if they cook up some defensive schemes uh, that are similar to what he's used to. You know, he's going to have he's going to have a lot of fun, you know, you know, crushing these quarterbacks in, in the, the week, the weakest division in football. So to add someone like that to a a sorry division with not a lot of talent, it's just perfect. He's going to rip these guys heads off. All right. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, so who wins that division anyway, since we're on football, right? So Do you think it's the Cowboys because Dak's coming back? If Dak is what he was before, then it's definitely the Cowboys. Um, Washington, I don't know. I just don't love the quarterbacks that they have. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick can do a job, but, I mean, that's, he's just really not what you need at this stage. Um, and then you have the Giants. And I, I did not love a lot of what they did in this draft. Um, you know, I think they, they, they tried to do the best they could to do I don't know how to put how to explain it but there's just obviously some issues there and I I did not think they had a particularly strong draft is was it as bad as the Packers or Raiders no but it just wasn't convincing enough to say oh that this this is going to be the thing but um uh, uh, Danny Dimes needs to have a great season and I just I don't I'm not going to put my belief system in that I know Dak can win um win divisions um, and he can win. He won a playoff game. So I think with Dak back and, and f- firing and, and doing what he is, he's done in the past, if he can play similar to what he has before with a great defense, decent offensive line, and still need help in the secondary. But uh, outside of all that, I think, I think it should be Dallas. But, you know, who knows? It's definitely not going to be Philly or, um, or, or uh, Washington. But, so I really think it's between the Giants and Dallas. Speaking of Giants, they added a receiver for Daniel Jones. Um, Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Yeah, I I, I hated it <laughs> because you have you have uh, um, he's a good player, all that. You had Rashad Bateman um, on the board, and there were just there were just um, and then the one from um, Ole Miss um, Moore was on the board as well. Um, I you know they traded down. Uh, to get some picks, et cetera, et cetera. And then they drop to 20 and they take, they say someone who they could have gotten in the, at the, you know, maybe later in the first round or in the beginning of the second round. I just don't love it. Um, personally, I hope he does well. Uh, I think he was someone that I think the Packers were maybe going to consider taking had things gone differently and things like that. But, um, I don't. Uh, it's not a bad pick, so I won't. I won't call it atrocious. It's not like the Raiders or the Packers, um, because <laughs> they, no, seriously, those are the big losers of this draft. The first round, especially, um, the Packers saved themselves with their third third round pick. But um, it's just been. It, it was bad for both of those two. But so I think. I think it's it's. It's a it's a it's a decent pick, but it has an element of of risk, and it's a bit of a reach at that spot. But um, I, I hope he does well. I, I want. I hope Daniel Jones is going to have a chance to do something. Um, but I don't know if Tooney is going to be the answer to all his problems. That's all I'm really saying here. All right, and obviously um, we got to talk about the Packers and we got to talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I don't think he leaves. I think this mm-hmm. is just another Russell Wilson situation. 
but what say you? And then talk no. about their All right. So uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he leaves either. And I, I, I really don't even think that the um, – that the, the Broncos are going to do anything because they just, they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. They weren't going to do that just to make him a backup again. Um, so I, I think um, that's obviously a, a talking point. Um, but, okay, so let me just go through this, this their, their first-round picks, uh, first-round pick and all the way to the bottom. And I'm, this, this is, I'll just tell you what the issues I have. So at number one, at the, first, the 29th overall pick, they had Eric Stokes, a um, – can, can I can I also say something? My biggest problem with that is, go ahead. This is no sitting against Eric Stokes. You gave him um, Rod Woodson's number. Did it really? Twenty one that he wore that Rod Woodson wore for the Packers. But continue. <laughs> yeah, um, that's bad. He's quick. He's got raw elements to his game. Um, he could become a starter early days in, in Green Bay, but this isn't the pick. You know, the, the, the problem isn't really stopping people because they've done a decent – I won't say they're a great defense, but they're good enough. They need, they need more weapons on offense because then Aaron Rodgers can take the three turnovers in the Tampa Bay game and turn them into points. Um, yep. It's just – I just don't love it here, and I think it's a bad pick for the spot if they got him later in the draft because I don't think if, – if Green Bay doesn't take him, I don't think he's in the, he gets drafted in the first round. That's just my personal preference or what I think. But, but uh, just, it's just not great. Um, it's, he could be a good player, but just where they draft him bothers me. Um, okay, round two, um, pick 62. They go Josh Myers, um, center from Ohio State. Um, they needed to draft a center, but this is, this is a huge reach. He's, I had him maybe – I had him as a, as a top – top of the third round type of player. And they, they took him, you know, in the second round, um, I guess because of need, they had to do it. I, and I just, I just didn't love it because I think it's too much um, leeway there. And, and it, it's a reach, honestly. Um, round three, they got things back on track with Amari Rogers from Clemson. Um, he had over a thousand yards in, in 2020. Um, and he could be a huge, huge weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but you know, a third round pick that's, that's as good as you can get. So I think the Packers hit the third round pick out of the park. Uh, then they go Royce, Royce Newman out of Ohio's, uh, Ole Miss offensive tackle, uh, Terrell Slayton, defensive tackle, Florida, um, Gene Charles, um, cornerback from Appalachian state, an offensive tackle from Wisconsin linebacker from, from uh, Boston college. And then they finished with, um, Killian Hill running back from Mississippi state. Of those picks, they reached on almost every one of them. The only ones they didn't reach for are, are the six-round picks and the and the, the seventh-round pick. But they took again another cornerback in the fifth round. They they just drafted a quarterback in round one. They didn't need another one. They needed to continue to help Aaron Rodgers or just give them some sort of sense of that they have a plan going forward. They just kind of drafted um, for need and not where they're actually valued. And again, if you need an offensive tackle or a cornerback or a wide receiver or a center, you draft what – if, if, if there's not one in the range of where you should be picking, then you wait until a different spot of the draft. You don't, you don't overdraft players unless it's absolutely necessary and you don't have a certain position. And it just seemed like they went all over the place with, with their, their draft process. And um, 
you know, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers wants uh, goons to goons to, as, um, as Pat McAfee says, uh, fired from Green Bay, and I don't blame him. This this has been a train wreck. Last year's draft was decent. I know Jordan Love thing doesn't sit well with a lot of Packer fans, but they I think outside of that, they had a uh, – the, the second-round pick was bad, but out of that, the, the draft was pretty strong. Um, they should have drafted a wide receiver last year. They didn't, et cetera, et cetera. But um, this this was just a terrible draft, and I think um, – Rodgers, Amari Rodgers getting picked in the third round is is kind of their dime piece because outside of that, they didn't do too many things that, that really impressed me. Um, but it really started with the first round pick where they drafted a cornerback that um, that probably wasn't going to take going to get taken in the first round anyways. And they could have – they were at the bottom of the second round. They could have traded out and got a higher first round or second round. And again, with the money part, now you're, gonna, you're paying another guy – just like the Raiders, who is not a first-round pick, first-round pick money, and and you know, with the salary cap, what it is, it, I don't know, it was just it was just a mess to be honest. And I, I'm I'm friends with several Packer fans, and I, I wanted them to do good. And as we discussed before, we're done. We, we just don't like the Buccaneers anymore. So if the Packers and the Buccaneers are in the NFC Championship game, I'm cheering for the Packers. But still, it, it, I I just thought they could do they could have done a little better than what they did. <laughs> yep. All right, speaking of the Buccaneers, they uh, I don't know if it's Tom Brady's obviously not his replacement, but as we know, Brady probably has two or three years left because he's only four or five years of age. I mean, the human body can only take this so long. But they drafted Kyle Trask. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, he should not see the field for a long time, for the next couple of years. So in that respect, I think that's a good pick for the, for the Bucs. Um, I, I think that there's a lot there to really show um, in this whole thing, and um, you know, it, it was in the second round. You're not you're not paying him a lot and all that stuff. Um, I think it's a decent pick. I, I like um, I like Kyle Trask a little bit more than I like um, uh, Kellamad, but honestly, the um, the Texans quarterback, I thought that was the the one for New England or not New England for but for the Bucks. I think he's the best out of the quarterbacks taken outside of the first round. Um, but Kyle Trask did put up massive numbers at Florida. He is he you know he is playing Kyle Pitts, but but you know he he he's got the potential to become a really good quarterback. I think that's kind of and they. They drafted him in this era where, where Brady probably has two years left. Probably, maybe that's it. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. It's hard to say. But but they'll have someone who they're going to be working with on a daily basis and getting ready for the moment to take over uh, in Tampa when Brady, um, you know, finally retires, which at this rate could be another 10 years. But, um, yeah, I think Tampa, Tampa did a good job here. Um, I, I, they shouldn't have done this in the first round, but the fact that they did this in the second round, I think works perfectly, um, for, for what they're, what they're after right now. First, they're, I mean, obviously they're going to make this team try to go back to the win and win another Super Bowl, but to, to, for a second round or I think it was a second round pick. Um, I think that was pretty, a pretty smart move on, on the, um, the GM's part on and taking him. All right. Um, <laughs> Now the New Orleans Saints, I know it's a – they got to get another quarterback. <laughs> this was this was ridiculous. They they have already um, – who's the, who's the guy who does everything and but can't uh, – Hey, Tamale. 
Hill, Ian Book, and I know it's pick 133. I do, but they have Payson Hill, Ian Book, and Jameis Winston now. Yeah, that's a problem because <laughs> you just pay Taysom Hill all this cash, right? You, yeah. you re-signed J- um, Jameis Winston for another year, which I think is, what, like ten, one year, ten? I think it was similar to the Cam deal um, without the stipulations that Cam has in his, his deal because if, he's not, if Cam's not the starting quarterback, they don't have to pay him half of it. I think they may have a similar contract with Jameis Winston. And now you're adding a guy who's not going to even be the backup. So I think Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the Saints next year. I think uh, Taysom Hill will continue to do his gadget thing. Um, maybe he – but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but one of those two will be the, co- the starting quarterback. The other one will be the backup. So you drafted a guy in the – what round was it? Third round, fourth round? Fourth round, right? Oh, okay. You drafted a guy in the fourth round who's not even going to play this season and probably won't play next season. It just seems like a waste of a pick. You're going to be without Drew Brees for the first time in a decade. You got to do better than that. You don't need to draft the quarterback of the future. You have two cool guys who can play quarterback. Taysom Hill, I, I just don't know what he can do. Jameis does throw a lot of picks, but he also throws a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards. So both of the quarterbacks that are in institutions in, in the Saints organization have proven that they can do it. They can play quarterback in, in, at a high level. Um, maybe not the highest level, but a high enough level to be a starter. Um, then you flip it. So what, what's, the, what's the motivation around drafting Ian Book? And to be honest, I thought about this. After this pick came off, I tried to think about it. Because you think of um, so the Texans take um, uh, what's, uh, Mills, I think is his name. Mills from Stanford. They have, they have their own issue with their quarterback. He might be the starting quarterback for the Texans this season if things don't change with, um, with Watson's uh, situation. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to get into all that, but I, no, I do not. think you will. I do think you will be, and I think the Texans will have the number one overall pick next year. <laughs> yeah, and I, again, I think of the second to third round quarterbacks, I think he's the best one. So I, I, I think he'll have a decent season. I think he'll struggle if he, if he's a starter, he'll struggle. Um, but I think he'll have a decent season. Okay, so so let me put it this way. Again, I, I don't want to get into what Deshaun is dealing with right now, but I'm just saying that's a possibility. Then you look at the Vikings, have Kirk Cousins, can't can puts up the numbers, but can't really win the big one. I, I understand why you draft a quarterback if, if you're the uh, if you're the Vikings. Then you look at um uh who else drafted a quarterback? The Bucks. The Bucks drafted a quarterback. Tom Brady is is Tom Brady, but he's not going to be Tom Brady forever. So that's another. You you could justify that with Aaron Rodgers last year. You can justify that because Jordan Love was going to be a top ten pick the previous year. Um, so you continue to think and think and think and think. Uh, and and that, those all make sense. And then you have Ian Book, an organization that has two quarterbacks already. It doesn't make a lick of sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not great, man. Yeah, I, I just have I just have a hard time wrapping my head around this one. It just I, I just seems like it's it's caused it's it's just um, troubles on the way. I guess I don't know what else to say about that one. All right, who got the biggest steal of the draft, in your opinion? Um, biggest steal. Um, let's see here. The safety from TCU. Where did he? Where did he end up going to in the second round? Um, oh, hang on, I got the draft board up here. Uh, 
Oh, he went at pick 43 to the Raiders. All right. Okay. So well, the Raiders it, made a decent pick. That's the, that's the seal of the draft. This this guy's a top – what I have him. I think I had him in like the 20s uh, when, when, we did, when I did my mock draft. I think that's the steal of the draft. Um and beyond the first round, I'm just I'm just gonna separate them because there's some I need to mention the first round. That's 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 a that's a, a, a gigantic steal. In fact, um, I think a lot of the Bears picks were steals. Their first three picks were absolutely robberies. Um, there's a lot of I can go. The Vikings pick was good. The, the Vikings and the Bear had A plus drafts. Those are the te- best two drafts in on the thing. Uh, yes, had I, good- told, I told you the Vikings Super Bowl Fifty Six champions. You heard me first. <laughs> I mean, based on the way they picked this this year, they know what this was a perfect draft. Um, if you're gonna rank, I think they had a. Sl- the, I think they had the best draft out of anybody. Um, second, the the Bears, the Bears getting tra- um, Justin Fields. I think it's a joke. I, how they were managed to do this is incredible. Him falling, I think the whole reason he fell was ridiculous. This whole oh, Justin Fields doesn't work hard. It was a, it was it was it was just lies made up by the, the media. And Joel Klatt pointed this out um, and during uh, the, the draft coverage before that. That is just it's just made up stuff that has that has no doesn't hold any water. Um, so there's there's that there. So he he drops and the Bears actually go up and do something competent. They get Justin Fields, which um, I, I think is an incredible pick. I think they have they have a good defense. They have a smart coach. Um, Justin Fields can get around. Um, so I think uh, that was a great pick. Um, a lot of people probably think Mac Jones is a steal, but I actually don't think so because that's exactly where he should have been drafted around that that number. Because when we did this the first time. I had um, Mac Jones going at number 20. Um, so I think a lot of that is it's a steal because people thought he was going three and then he dropped all the way down to 15, but um, so on and so forth. Um, beyond that, though, I think the, the field pick for, um, for the Bears is probably the steal of the first round. And then obviously uh, Dallas getting uh, Mitchell Parsons at number 10. All right. Number 12, actually. But that being said... Who's going to be the bust of this draft? <clears throat> Zach Wilson. I, I thought about this, and um, <laughs> oh, it's it's just hard. It's a hard one to say because I I don't know the kid personally, and only I've I've seen him, um, you know, play in college a little bit here and there and stuff like that. So I may not He's have never a whole... played against anybody. All right, here's here's an interesting stat. So uh, among uh, teams, um, I, I don't know what the number stat is. Either teams that his that he had above above five hundred record, or um, was ranked at the time um, um, against those teams, he has a record of zero and seven with one touchdown, seven picks. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just I, I just don't buy this. He's going to the Jets, defensive coach, first he rookie head coach. They have. There's a nice pieces, but the Jets need a whole lot of – they need a lot um, and things like that. And he's, he's only blown up for one season. And it's not like he had a Joe, Joey Burrow season when he threw for 66 touchdowns or whatever it was. He had a, a very good season. He has a big arm strength. But, the, 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 again, we talk about it the whole time. It's where he landed also. You know, Mac Jones with the 49ers would have been a bust. But in, in the Patriots, he's going to be a good, a very good piece that's going to be competent for a long time. 
Justin Fields landed in a good spot with, in with the Jets or sorry the, with the um, Bears. You have um, Trey Lance with the 49ers best fit. Then you have Trevor Lawrence, who's too talented not to be great. Um, so really leaves um, Zach Wilson, and he's got a big arm and et cetera, et cetera. But he's in a division now with Josh McDermott, Bill Belichick, and Brian Flores. Um, and they also have – Josh Allen is also in that division, and that doesn't help either. So you're, you have to think of the defenses that, that, they, that they're going to – he's going to be going up against. Um, and, again, he's never been good against good teams. Uh, you know, that's why his record against these teams are 0-7 or whatever it is, one in seven um, against these teams. And it's just above 500. And it's, it's just, it's all that. And then when he was interviewed, I don't know if you saw it. I didn't like his attitude. It was like he thought that he was going to win the Super Bowl immediately. I, I just, it was just a vibe I got from his, his, again, the questions that these kids are being answered, all due respect to the person asking them, they're, they're kind of cr- they're crummy questions. They're very generic. There's there's not much. They're not have to go into detail. I'm sure there's. It was just. It's good to be confident. And he was confident, but it was just the way he talked. It seems like, um, you know, like sort of that 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 moment. I arrived. I am the king now. That's the. It just. I just didn't like. It just. It was just. A, it's just like a negative vibe that I got from what what he was was what he was saying. But even if you throw that out. Look at the defenses he's going to be coming up against. Look at the, his past history at BYU. Um, I wouldn't even ta- I wouldn't even taken him there. It, it, I think there were better options on the quarterback part of it, and on the d- other parts of it that, that they could have um, done and said and, and things like that. And but um, yeah, he just seems like a. I think he's got twenty five percent chance to be a bust just because of uh, where he landed. Uh, they should have taken Justin Fields. Don't you agree? Yeah, Justin Fields is talented enough to to get around um, what they what you know what they were gonna he's gonna have to deal with, you know most a lot of the you know there's there's several quarterbacks in this draft who could have overcome that. Zach Wilson is has got a cannon for an arm. He's not talented enough to overcome the New York Jets. You know, um, I don't even know what he would call it. You know, it's kind of like a football graveyard. Um, now that the Browns made the made the the, the playoffs and stuff like that, so um, I, I just think it's a bad situation for him. And uh, just wait until he gets lightened up a few times, and he completely loses that self belief that he was, you know, banging on the table. I'm going to be the man, sort of thing, after the draft. And um, again, it's 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 because of the division. It's because the coach is in the division. It's because that's a that's a division with Josh Allen. Uh, and it, he's just going to suffer. If I hope I'm wrong, I, I would I would love it if all these guys are superstars, but I just don't. I just have a bad feeling about Zach Wilson. All right, um, who's going to be? Uh, who's going to have the best career then out of all these players in the whole draft? Yeah. <clears throat> ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, this isn't my answer, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the real deal. I think he's going to be somebody who's going to make at least at the at worst, he's going to be a five-time pro bowler. I think he's got the stuff to be spectacular. Um, but I'm going to go Peniel Sewell. I think he'll make the pro bowl every year of his career. 
if if he doesn't make it this he might miss this year depending on the situation but i think Pernosso is going to be a per, per, perennial all pro i think he's going to make the pro bowl practically every year i think he's he's if you're going to pick one person who has zero chance to bust it's Pernosso i think he's going to be a hall of famer and um i honestly think i think Trevor Lawrence and Pernosso though of this draft are the two that I think are, will be Hall of Famers. There's others that could get into that, but Penilso, I think, is the best player in this draft. Um, and I think he's he's going to, you know, again, he's on, with, he's on the Lions, but if he can give time to Jared Goff, this team could be a lot better than people think. Um, and, again, same reason we don't like the Bucks. We also don't like the Rams. So if the, 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 um, if the uh, Lions can win this trade and Jared Goff goes back to the way he looked um, the Super Bowl season, and Matt Stafford can't do anything in uh, in uh, in LA, um, you know, obviously getting protection from that guy is going to be a big part of that. And, Which, by the way, and, I love because we we all hate Stephen Crocky. Yeah, obviously and we, we hate, hate Malcolm Glazer. We all hate Malcolm Glazer. And Joe Glazer and all those guys. We want the Bucks and all the Rams to have the number one, number two pick next year. Um, again, if, and again, I'm not a big fan of the Packers and and things like that. And there's other teams I'm not really fond of. I will cheer for them I against. I will buy Aaron Rodgers jersey if they beat the Buccaneers. And, uh, Wait, uh, you would, yeah. or you would? Yeah, I will buy one if he beats the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be it. I might do that. I might do the same. I think uh, we're kind of on the same page with those two, but Peniel still seems to be the biggest home run. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the best player as far as, because I haven't seen any quarterback quite like him. Um, and it's incredible, but I, he's not used to losing games. So to me, whether he's going to be it or not is going to, is going to be depend on how he reacts to that. Because I ha- I saw his stat he hasn't lost a game uh, in the regular season um, ever, not even in high school. So he's won every game he's ever played in the regular season. And he's going to a team that won, won one game last year. So how is he going to react to being beaten convincingly some of these some weeks? Um, and that's going to that's de- define whether Trevor Lawrence is worth the hype I think all the quarterbacks that we've said are generational talents. None of them have faltered. None of them had kind of collapsed. They're at worst. A- You're right now. I think about Trevor Lawrence has not lost the game in the regular season. Wait, say that again? You're right. Trevor Lawrence has not lost the game in, in like a regular season. Like he's lost the national title game, obviously. But he's, he's never not- lost the game in the regular season. Yeah, he's, he's, he's lost in the college football playoff as well. But in high school, he never lost a regular season game. In college, he never lost a regular season game. They went unbeaten in all all three years that he was quarterback there, um, or whatever. Uh, I don't remember how, how many it was. I think it was two, two or three years, whatever. Um, yeah. So he hasn't lost yet. So I don't have any concern with Trevor Lawrence. But the one is, what happens when he plays um, the Bills and they lose forty-seven to ten? That's so he plays that, the Titans and the Colts, which he will be on a weekly basis. The Colts, the Colts, the Colts, as constructed, will beat them by ten to twenty points. So if the Colts go up there in Jacksonville and beat Trevor Lawrence, I don't know, forty-one to seventeen, how is Trevor going to react to that? Even if he plays well, 
because he can be great and his team is still not very good. Um, so what's going to, how, how is this going to all come to, to, to pace when he's being broke? I mean, how many games do you think the Jags, the Jags can win the series? And seriously, I'd say four, four or five. Yeah, I think that's that's about where I am. So he's going to be losing more than half of his games. The Jags will be in the top five, um, at, you know, in the in you know whatever. Um, but you know, so he's going to have to get used to it. And the difference between him and um, you know, I like Justin Herbert, but but I, I'm a I'm I'm a bigger fan of Joe Burrow. Just I just personally like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, but um, but. Justin Fields had to go, go through some stuff uh, in college. He went through adversity um, in some of the bowl games. Uh, I, I remember a couple of years he lost to Utah, which was embarrassing, um, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Burrow had to transfer, and his first year at LSU wasn't was not uh, fabulous. His second year, he he did what he did. So he'd gone through adversity to get to that point, which is why the two of them had success. Then you look at Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't lost a game and has basically been the chosen one of this draft. And of the, uh, at least since Andrew Luck, he's been the best prospect we've seen come in. Um, but he's never had a moment of adversity other than losing. The, uh, he didn't lose the national championship, did he? Oh, he did. He did. He did to LSU. So losing yeah, he that- lost Ohio State, Ohio State this year. Yeah, so he, he has some adversity in the college football playoff and the national championship, et cetera, et cetera. But he's not really dealt with significant adversity in his college career at any point, in his high school career at any point. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have, which is why I was not worried about them losing um, and, and things like that. And that's, that's really the only concern I have with Trevor Lawrence is what happens when he loses a game? How is he going to react to that? He hasn't lost ever. So what happens when they, you know, the Colts or the Titans, you know, beat him up, up and down the, up and down the field? Um, how is Trevor going to be able to handle that? And if he can handle it, he's going to have a phenomenal career. And I think he will be able to handle it, but he's never lost. And that's the only thing of anything that Trevor provides because he's perfect practically across the board. In, in the regular season, obviously. Yes, he's uh, lost yeah, in playoff so games. But, but, okay, you want to hear his record as a club starter? Yeah, go on. All right, so let's see. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. Hang on. Okay, he's thirty nine. He's thirty nine and two, and his only two losses were in the national <laughs> semifinals and the national championship game. All right, Think and about Bur- that. yeah, and then just let's let's do the draw comparison here. Joe Burrow lost. I think his first year at LSU lost like five or six games. He didn't lose any the next year. But still, that's 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 more than the Trevor has lost in his whole Clemson career and his high school career, um, because I I think he never lost in high school, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but but then Justin, obviously, he never had a perfect season. He always got beaten by somebody. Um, so you look yeah, at this. Joe lost three games his first year at LSU. He lost three. Okay. Still, three. I mean. Three. Okay, so so that's three. That's almost as much as he has lost his whole career with with Trevor Lawrence. So, again, Trevor's the chosen one, and he deserves to be. I think he could break the rookie touchdown record, but I think he'll do that in a losing season. And I think if if you told me that Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for thirty five touchdowns and and four um uh, four thousand yards and like ten twelve picks, but the Jaguars go thirteen and th- or three and thirteen, I wouldn't be surprised at all. 
So I think he's got everything to be a superstar from the jump, but he's going to lose a lot of games this season. And when we said before he probably will win four games, that could be generous. This team had won one game before this. So are, are they – Trevor gets you three, I think, just by himself um, and Urban Meyer. And what if you – know, again, it comes down to this. What if Urban Meyer isn't a good NFL coach? What if he struggles from the very first uh, game and just doesn't know what he's – he's like lost over his head? So there's a lot of things that contribute into whether or not Trevor Lawrence is – going to be able to do what he does. And, again, I think he's going to be an all-pro. I think he is. I think he's going to be sensational. But, again, we can come back to the same thing. He's never lost a game. So we'll, we'll really see whether he was worth it after, after losing a couple games. Yeah, because you know what? <laughs> I hate being this guy. I think Irma Meyer just came back because of Trevor Lawrence. But if, like, he didn't have, like, an elite quarterback, his level's probably, like, let's just say he was on the Texans, he's probably a Jim Zorn level of a head coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah. I mean, it's all about the players. I mean, yeah, yeah. don't be wrong. Ever Meyer was one of the greatest college coaches of all time, but <sighs> looking how he translated to the pros, um, the only, like, really successful one that we've seen in our lifetime is Pete Carroll. Yeah, Pete Carroll, um, but – Remember, Pete Carroll's success came after failure. He failed yeah. in the NFL, went back to USC, became a, a legend, and then came to Seattle. And as great as Pete Carroll is, a, a 5'10 quarterback from the University of Wisconsin following to him in the third round may have contributed massively into him having a Hall of Fame career. So it's just – you know, Pete Carroll's a legend. We, we get this. He's a Hall of Fame. We understand this. But – all I'm saying is Russell Wilson falling to him largely impacted that as well. So you look at all this, and he was going to have Tavares Jackson, the rest in peace, and, um, and Matt Flynn. Those were the two quarterbacks on the roster when Russell Wilson was drafted. So if Russell Wilson does not get picked by the Seahawks, those were the two quarterbacks he would have had to work with. So even with the one successful example, it was also influenced by the fact that, you know <laughs> – Russell Wilson landed in his lap in the in the third round, which I still don't understand how he dra- dropped that significantly in that draft. Um, he was he was better than most of the the quarterbacks taken the first round, but but nonetheless. So you just have to take think of all this in perspective. Urban Meyer hasn't coached a college game, and he's not even a fan of the NFL. Uh, or, or, sorry, he hasn't coached an NFL game yet. Um, he's according to what I've heard about him is he doesn't watch the NFL that much. So that scares me as well. Uh, so if, if he's not very good, if Trevor isn't like so outrageously good his first two years, he'll be working with a new head coach in, in the next five years some, at some point. But I hope, I hope Urban can do his thing. I hope Trevor can do his thing. Uh, just because I would love to see Jacksonville have a successful uh, franchise with a, a franchise quarterback that they have now or someone who could potentially be that. But with Urban Meyer, you just don't know because he's never even played or has never coached in the NFL. And he's never had a desire or an interest in the NFL at all before this. So he came for Trevor Lawrence. If he went to any other job, he would be, he would be, you know, it's, it's highly likely that he would not have success. Trevor Lawrence may be his, his golden ticket, but we'll just have to see what happens. It's the thing. It's a joke. Um, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. And trust me, I've happily kept it. 
That's who they should have hired, Jack- Jacksonville. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that should have hired him. The Jets should have hired him. The, um, Jets the ten- most of all, though, <laughs> with the number one overall pick. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I – I, I'm not. I don't want to get into this too much, but I think that has something to to do more. It has. It has. It has something. It's the reason he's not hired doesn't have anything to do with his footballing knowledge. It has to do with I think another thing. Um, but they should have hired. Oh, him we could say it. no. It has to do with his race. And yes, I don't, I don't want to get too political, but yes, it, I think the fact that he hasn't been hired is um, has to do with the fact that he's black. And I, I just think that's the that's that's the fastest situation, um, which is really unfortunate because he's more qualified than a <laughs> I think for a head coaching job than probably fifteen, at least fifteen coaches in the league. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, the Forty ers who just took the Jets job, I think he's very qualified to be the coach of the Jets. <laughs> so I'll say that. But I think that it's a joke that that he that, you know he hasn't been hired by one. Jacksonville would have been perfect. He he's the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, correct? Do I have that right? Yeah. yeah so that's he's running the offense through Patrick Mahomes. He would have gone from Patrick Mahomes to um, to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> phenomenal. It would just been a phenomenal hire. But because Urban Meyer always comes a risk, and the only reason he's there is because Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so hopefully it all works out in the end, and hopefully Eric Bieniemy gets the head coaching job next year because honestly he deserves it. I mean, even if it's even if, could you imagine if Mike McCarthy doesn't work out and he goes there to Dallas, what he could do? That would be awesome. I, I hope that happens. Wait, real, real quick. I know this is a draft thing, but but what? Which coaching jobs do you think are going to be available next year? Who do you think? What, what do you think would be open um, for him to to go, other than maybe Dallas? Realistically, Pete Carroll's and just because of his age, I can see the Seahawks because Pete Carroll's seventy. Yep, if that's fair. Um, definitely, 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 definitely. And on, I'm trying to think because there are a lot of new hires, but you know how fickle the NFL is. Yeah, so uh, Philly, Philly had a new coach. Detroit got a new coach. The Jets had a new coach. Oh, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota for sure. Oh yeah, that would be. If this doesn't work, I would love to have him in uh, in the Twin Cities with this. With um, again, <clears throat> I think he can do some stuff with Kirk Cousins, and if that doesn't work, you still have a uh, Kellen Mod to 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 rely on as a as the future, um, or whatever. I don't know. I think. Um, let me let me go through the list. Um, Carolina, if it's a really bad season. If they For go sure. like three, if they go like three and thirteen or something, they're they're definitely on the outs. Um, um, Arizona, Arizona, if they have another, if Arizona, if they regress this year, yeah, that's a fair one. Um, let's see. I'm looking up and down. Um, no, he won't be gone. He won't be gone. He won't be gone. Um, let's see here. Oh, the Raiders. Yeah, maybe, but they they're paying John Gruden so much money. Um, and I, I I think he would be paid anyways, even if he gets fired. But that's I, I just Yeah, but maybe the Raiders are just stupid enough to do that, um, from a financial point of view. Um, because John Gruden's been terrible since he's been the head coach. 
Um, so is there – I don't think anybody in the Patriots division is at risk because they have the Jets. Denver, they for have, sure. Denver for sure. Denver, um, yeah. Not, Which, not, you know, I'd love to see him go because, you know, being a Mizzou guy, I'd love to see Drew Locke be successful. So I'd love – absolutely adore that, you know, get to see what he could do with Drew Locke. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't even think Drew Locke is going to be the starter this year. Neither do I. They, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. They didn't do that because they wanted a good backup. <laughs> Cincinnati. Uh, go ahead. Cincinnati as well. Yeah, sure. but I think they have some leeway because of it's kind of a brand new team. But if they if they go like two and fourteen or something like that, then maybe they do it. But I think um, yeah, but Zach, you have to look at Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's only won six games, and I yeah, he got them. I know he got them the first overall pick, but I mean it's been bad these past <laughs> years, and I mean there has to be some improvement. They, but there his his quarterback did get injured last year, and again I've I've mentioned this several times. He was on pace to a similar touchdown ratio as 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 Justin Herbert. So. How many games do you think they would have to lose for him to be sacked or fired or whatever? Twelve. So if they go four and twelve, yeah, I can see that. But if if they win like six games or something like that, or no, seven, I, I'm not to be sacked. I think they need to go at least six and ten, six and ten, seven and nine. There has to be improvement. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's hard to think because we don't. God, you know how the owner in Cincinnati is Mike Brown. He does not pull the trigger. <laughs> But, I mean, if you have Joe Burrow for these two years, I know he's hurt last year, but if you have another atrocious season. If if Joe Burrow makes the Pro Bowl and, is like, he's at, I don't know, 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,000 yards or something like that, and since he doesn't make – doesn't at least win, like, eight games, seven, eight, or seven or eight, seven to ten games, I, I can see firing him. Because at that point, you, your quarterback's awesome. He's a beast. And he's playing really well, but you can't you can't win any games. So I think that would if that would happen, that would come down on on obviously the the situation in Cincinnati. But I I hope Zach Taylor works out for for Joe Burrow. Because um, I, 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 to be honest, I just like the kid. I, he's an awesome football player. Also, I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. But I just like I think as a person and just as a personality, Joe Burrow is is just he's just he's just one of those guys you want to root for. Um, so uh, I really hope that it works out for them. But again, I want Joe Burrow to have the best chance of success. And, and, and he is in an organization that hasn't won a playoff game in, in the, in this millennium, millennium, in this era. Uh, so it's just, um, yeah, I, I, I hear you though. Yeah. All right. This is going to be very interesting. Um, this year, that's for sure. I do have a couple more questions <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can go as long as as long as you want. Yeah. Um, what 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 does it? And well, I mean, we're in, we're in it now. I mean, it's only ten o'clock Central Time, so I mean, I can do this for a little while longer. Yeah, I'm, I, I I don't work tomorrow, so we can go as long as, as you as you want. I'm I'm down. Okay. So so let's preview next season. Um, I would like to go division by division if that's okay. Yeah, let's go. All right. So we're gonna start off with the NFC and secondly. Mm-hmm. You have to think if, if the Cowboys are bad with Dak Prescott, this is Mike McCarthy's like Yeah, no, hundred percent. Because if 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 Dak Prescott either plays well and they can't win games, or they can't get on the same page with each other, um, I, I just don't see them, be, you know, uh, keeping Matt, um, Mike 
uh, McCarthy, who's um, kind of a dinosaur. He kind of feels like, in a weird way, with with without the personality, like Jose Mourinho, how he once was a like really awesome coach, a really great coach, one of the best we've seen. But then he hasn't adapted to the times, and that's why he's not had success at Spurs and uh, United. Same with Mike McCarthy. He uh, he got out of the game uh, when he was fired by Green Bay, and he has not adapted with with the the way the game is changing. So that's definitely a high possibility that um, that he could get fired if it doesn't work out with Dak Prescott and company. But, I mean, you you agree they'll win their division, though, correct? Yeah, the, it, it would be. I mean, they'll win. It's, they'll probably go nine and seven because the whole division's terrible and they're not good. But they can still win the division. Yeah, I think they're still significantly better than the Eagles, Giants, and and the Washington Football Team. Yeah. All right. Um, so I do really want to talk about the NFC North, and I know it's going to be a break. Rogers is not happy. Our Green Bay leads that division. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. Say that again. If Aaron Rodgers is truly unhappy and it's just plain frustrated, could Green Bay lose that division? No. The only way they lose the division is if Aaron Rodgers is not in, in the in Green Bay. If he gets traded, they're losing it. But but as long as he even if he's unhappy, um, I just have a hard time believing that he would um they would lose that. Because you we have seen this in other sports when um when LeBron was unhappy with the Cavs. He was he played some of his best uh, basketball that we've ever seen from him. When um, when Duvan Zabata was was benched for Atlanta against Real Madrid, he's he's been like a madman since playing some of his best football. Then you look at Aaron Rodgers. If he's unhappy, I think he'll still be ridiculous because he'll be he'll be on he'll be so unhappy. But I think when he plays angry. He can be he can be something really exceptional. So I don't think there's a, a path that that the Packers don't win this division because, truth be told, I thought the hire of of um, Lafleur was questionable at the time, um, but he's he's been really great with that team. Um, so I just don't see a scenario, a scenario where they don't win the division unless Rodgers is traded. If Rodgers is traded. Then it's 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 open for discussion, but if if Rogers isn't traded, Green Bay should win that division. Yeah, and what about Minnesota though? It depends. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins uh, needs to needs to win the big games in prime time. Um, again, he's he puts up numbers in these games and things like that, but he needs to. He really needs to t- turn around against the against divisional rivals. He needs to have a great record against the division, and he needs to win the primetime games, at least some of them. Um, Minnesota has a chance. I would say if there's any team that can win, potentially win the division other than Green Bay, it is Minnesota. Uh, I think basically for Chicago, Justin Fields won't be the, be the starter in, until maybe the midway point of the season. I think Detroit still have a lot of work to do. They're going to have protection for Jared Goff, and, and they did a good job in the draft. But they still, they're still a significantly uh, um, not enough. They don't have enough quality in the team to really challenge for the for the division or even make the playoffs for this matter. Even though Lions fans will pick themselves to make the playoffs as they do every year, but um, I, I think that Minnesota has a chance because that's a good good team with a good draft. They will make the playoffs. 
Will they will they make the will they win the division? I I'm just not totally convinced. Um, just because as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, it's hard for me to believe that anyone else can win it. <laughs> All right, um, very good. Um, so the NFC West, and I hate bringing up Stan Kroenke. <laughs> who honestly wins that division? And I think is going to start. And the other big question is, what if Jimmy G is healthy? Well, no, Jimmy G is going to start, even if he is healthy. If, if Jimmy G is healthy, he will start. Trey Lance, when they drafted trade up for Trey Lance, it wasn't to, to, to for him to to be pushed in the starting uh, lineup immediately. This is a one year pr- program. If Jimmy G plays poorly and is you're in midseason, then you pull the trigger, you put Trey Lance in. If that's not the case, you ride with Jimmy. You can say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. He wins games. His record in San Francisco is unbelievable. So they're gonna ride with Jimmy G until there's a reason to pull him. If by year two, Trey Lance is, is ready, then you trade him. Kind of like uh, Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith is awesome that first year, and then Patrick's ready, so they make the trade for Alex Smith. Then in comes um, Patrick Mahomes in the rest of history. So similarly, the San Francisco um, 49ers could have something similar to that. All right, so I actually do have a take it or leave a question for you. Take yeah. it or leave Jimmy G's actually healthy. The 49ers can make the NFC title game. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, again, it's going to be awkward if he goes and wins the Super Bowl or something like that. But the team is good enough. When Jimmy is healthy, they're more than capable of, of doing it. Um, and, again, he doesn't have to be Superman. He just has to do enough to win the games. And I do think that Jimmy G with the 49ers could make the NFC title game. Um, again, regardless of the conclusion of the season, I think they will trade Jimmy in the offseason because they traded so much up to get number three, Trey Lance. But Trey Lance is not – I don't think the plan is for him to start immediately. So because of that, I think you you have a, ch- you have a chance regardless. But I think Jimmy G could take you to the NFC title game. Um, beyond that, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I think it's certainly a possibility. All right, so that's <laughs> – South, the most boring division. Uh, Tampa Bay runs away. What's Tampa Bay? 14 and 2? What would you say? Um, my my heart says only 16 or 17, but in actuality, probably. Um, let's see. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 14 and 2. Three then, because 17 gets 17 games. So, okay. So 15 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why do you say that? Eddie, I mean, they were only 11 and five late. I mean, they won the Super Bowl, but do you think it's going to be like a well-oiled machine this year? Yeah, no Drew Brees in the, uh, with the Saints, which was two of Tom's losses. They brought everyone back. They, they had a good draft for the most part. Um, and then they've done, they've just done enough to sort of put themselves in the forefront of not just the NFC, but in it for the, for the, the Super Bowl as well. So I, I just don't think there's a lot of teams that are better than them um, who can challenge them. The only ones that can really challenge them that off my top of my head is probably Kansas City, Buffalo. Um, and then, then I, have, I have a hard time thinking of others. So they're, they're really in a very unique – the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is, is motivated. Um, so there's, just, there's not a lot of teams that can take them down, personally. So I think they'll, they'll, they'll handle this division easy. You got Sam Donald, the Panthers, twice. You got um, 
Matt um, Ryan. Matt Ryan, uh, but again, his defense is horrible. Um, so it's, it's, you'll win shootouts against Matt Ryan because his defense can't ha- can't help him. Um, and then you have uh, the Saints with who knows who's the quarterback's going to be. This sort of situation, still still great coach uh, with Sean Payton, but no, they're not. They're, they're this is it ends it ends. Here. I just don't see any of these divisional teams challenging them. I think that the losses that they will get will come outside of the division. Um, at, at, at some point, but I think inside the division they should they should be pretty spotless. All right, now to the AFC AFC West. Um, the Chargers would you, they're probably a year away. What did you say from really challenging the Chiefs? They're not ready to take you down yet. I think you're still significantly loaded up. Um, but Justin but will I mean, probably about a year away. They're they're a playoff team though. If they stay yeah. healthy, yeah, hundred percent. They're like a um. They're fighting nine or ten win team. I think eleven and five for them next year. Eleven um, and six. We gotta we gotta remember about that seventeenth game. <laughs> That's so stupid. Eleven and six. It's just the whole time I've watched the NFL. This is what it's been, and now it's now they add one more game. So, Which um, I love, by the way, because me and you both love football. So <laughs> I love it too, but it's just confusing. Um, so eleven and six. Um, I think the Chargers. They they still have some stuff to work on. They have a new coach, et cetera, et cetera. I think they'll they'll be they'll be a very good team. I think they split with Kansas City, um, personally. Um, sorry to say, um, but I think Kansas City still wins the division, and they they're still the favorites in that division, probably for the, in that conference for that matter, or one of them at least. Hey, can I tell you something? I'm happy that you may sound me crazy. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Chargers because we were always little us and Chargers were always little brother in the AFC West, getting beat slapped around by the Raiders and the Broncos. You know. So yeah. I think for us to like dominate the, I think that's going to be a great rivalry in the next few years. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, why did the Chiefs win the division? I mean, there's really multiple reasons, but what's number one reason? I, I, I I'd assume it's the guy who wears number fifteen, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes the third or second. <laughs> yeah, um, second. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes the second. I mean, it, it really ends there and, st- and stops there. Um, Again, you took you did take some offensive linemen in the draft. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. Then he's going to be at least you. You. I think he maybe you'd be done in the first round. I don't remember. Anyway, no, second round we traded our pick, but we've signed. Well, all we've done is rebuild the offensive line. We took an offensive lineman in the second round. Um, we took Nick Bolden, the linebacker from Mizzou, um, to help yeah. the linebacking core in the second Ooh. round, and we signed, signed a bunch of uh, free agents do, in the uh, offseason. Do you know? Do you know offhand who you took in the second round? Uh, no, I just know Nick Bolton. To be honest, I, I didn't really watch the second or third round of the draft. You can call me a bad thing and I was busy this weekend. That's fine. Hold on. I'm just going to look it up really quick. Um, just, sorry, just give me a second. I'm just curious. Um, all right, let's see here. I'm just curious. That's all. <laughs> You're good. Sorry, my computer's a little slow. Um, Nick Bolton's the only one I remember because I just have it on my uh, phone. I said, "Oh yeah, we got a Mizzou guy, sweet." <laughs> Who I love, Nick yeah. Bolton. By the way, he was a, he's an absolute steal as well. He had a first round grade on him by a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think he's really good too. You know what? I wish we, I wish we would have got it. We could have got Alex Leverwood in like the second round though, but the Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> but the Raiders took him in the, with a seventeen pick. Um, 
All right, let's see. Uh, okay, so you took you took uh, Creed Humphrey, a center in the, from Oklahoma, in the second round, and then you took a guard in the sixth round um, from Tennessee. No, that's pretty solid. And then obviously, you took, uh, with your second round pick, you took Nick Bolden as well. So no, that's that's enough. Plus, you you signed a bunch of offensive linemen, or at least. Um, a couple in, in, in the free agency. So if you, if, if you keep Patrick un, not untouched, but if you, if you, if you keep him protected, then he won't have to run a while, run around like Russell Wilson. Again, yeah. there's only one quarterback that could have handled what was thrown at him in the Super Bowl. And it's Russell Wilson, just because he's been doing it for so many years, but, but Patrick needs to be protected. He's protected. There's no, I, I like the Chargers a lot. I think they're special, but, but, you just got to. You just have to. As long as you protect them, you should win that division. Um, I wouldn't say easily, but I think they'll they'll win it. Yep. All right. So the uh, AFC East, where the, my opinion, the Super Bowl winners will be coming out of. Yeah. Who did not win that division, and why? And were you impressed with their draft? Yeah, they had a good draft. They didn't need a lot. But the Bills did what they needed. They did. They they took care of some different things, and I think they they should be very happy with how everything went on Thursday and on the on day two and day three of the draft. Um, so the the Bills should win this quite easily. I don't see many teams in this division really um, chomping down on them. Um, I mean, Miami's a, Miami is a playoff team. <laughs> we all agree with that. Yeah, is it possible to have three playoff teams in one division? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there's there's three playoff teams out of this division. I think I think the Patriots will make the playoffs too. So I think so I think that the, the, the Bills will probably go fifteen and two. <laughs> Sounds so weird when I say it. Um, I think So I'm at point younger, so you actually think that the Patriots, because remember there's still three wild cards. You think the Patriots are gonna be better than the Browns or Ravens? Oh, that's tough. So how many how many third place teams can make the playoffs in one conference? Uh, uh, two, because they added an extra wild card. So theoretically, if the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, either the Browns or the, the Ravens are going to miss it, right? Correct. All right, I'll just say this. I think there's a possibility – that the Patriots. Oh wait, one, one. My bad. Yeah, hang on. Am I doing this right? Yeah, All one. Right. Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this instead. Okay, let me put it this way. It is a coin. It's a toss-up between the the, the 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 Dolphins and the Patriots for second place in this division. One of them makes the playoffs, or um, I think there's still a possibility if both them make the playoffs, but that largely has to do with the with the Browns or the, or the Ravens coming out of the other uh, of the, that division. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say at least one, it's going to be, it's going to be close between uh, Cincinnati and Cincinnati, um, Miami and the new England. But I think the bills uh, have separated themselves and I do think the bills will win the Super Bowl. So um, it's, but it's one of those two teams that make the playoffs. I'm not sure which um, I don't think Mac Jones sees the field this season. Um, unless Cam is just really awful. But I, I, I want to remind everyone, Cam's Moon's one-year 14 million contract, they only have to pay $5 million if he's if he if he plays um, horribly. 
not horribly, if he plays less than half the season or half the season, they only have to pay half of that contract. So it depends on what they do. If Mac Jones is ready, they put him in uh, midseason, then they only, pay, they only have to play Cam $5 million. And money may not be a lot of teams what they think about. The Patriots are thinking about it. There's a reason they negotiated the contract the way they did. You know what I mean? So yeah. possible that Mac Jones sees the field. I would say not. I think Cam probably gets his money in full in full price. Um, but so that's 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 just something I'm interested in with the Patriots. The other thing is um, Tua. I don't. Let's see if he improves. If Tua is bad, um, then Miami is in trouble for not making the playoffs. He needs to just be. He just needs to be good enough. He doesn't need to be great. Just good enough. And um, we, and and we have to remember all the the uh, the, uh, the the Patriots that opted out will be back next season. Um, Dante so Hightower is a big one. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good players that have not that did not play with the Patriots last season that will be playing this season. So because of that, it gives them a really good chance to make the playoffs again. It, it it's going to come at the expense of the Ravens if they both make it. But at this point, I'm going to say only one makes it, but just in the moment because I'm just not sure I can see the Ravens missing the playoffs. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to give you hot takes because we're going on the AFC North. I don't think the Steelers are making the playoffs. No, definitely not. No way. <laughs> and the Browns are going to win the division. Yeah, no question about okay it. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the Browns could win multiple playoff games. But they could they also could. blow, or do you think they that's could. not possible? Um, look, I think this comes down. Baker needs to be the way he was last year and his first season. He can't get you know get the get all the the praise and acclaim for that amazing rookie year, and then throw twenty one picks in his second year. Um, he, he he obviously had a good season last year. He can't go back to the way he was playing before that happened. Um, so Baker needs to show up. Is he a franchise quarterback? If he ma- if he makes the playoffs again, he is. Is he? But he, he's not. I don't think Baker's ever going to be a superstar or All Pro or a Pro Bowler, things like that. He makes. He's a he Jeff make- Garcia. Me and you have talked about this. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's somebody who can who can do a job. He can put up some decent numbers, make the Pro Bowl maybe a couple times. But Baker Mayfield is not not going to be a, a a Pro Bowler the way Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes are going to be for the next decade. These guys are going to make. Can I give you my opinion? I think his ceiling is a Donovan McNabb or Randall Cunningham type player. Uh, um, yeah, I, no, I, I I think you're good there. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, not well, elite because like we never called Cunningham or McNabb elite, but I mean he could definitely lead your franchise and he could definitely take you far in the playoffs. <laughs> and with the right team, he can make a Super Bowl. Yes. So you look at all that stuff, and again, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to make seven Pro Bowls minimum. That's they're just they're just going to run the league in that division. So when you look at this, I think the the, the Browns don't need Baker to do that. All they need him to do is, is sh- show up, show out, and don't do anything stupid. Don't try to be Superman. If, as long as Baker Mayfield doesn't try to be a superhero, doesn't have try to be the best player in the, on the field then they're going to win games. Um, and if they can win playoff games as well. But if Baker wants to be Superman and try to do everything and try to be the, the superstar that he believes he is, then, then that's when they're, they're going to run into trouble. But again, in the, but they are going to win the division. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. All right. And the last one um, before we end our show tonight, AFC South, Trevor Lawrence, 
But this is the one we didn't talk about, and I really don't want to talk about this. Carson Wentz reunites with Frank Reich. Um, I think the Colts win this division. I do, I do too. Um, in fact, Chiefs fans are going to hate me. I think the Chiefs, yes, we have a certain – I think this is more of a tweak year. I don't think we'll get back. I think the Colts are honestly the biggest start to the Bills. So do I. I have a hot take, but it's just really hot. It's like steaming hot. And I only half believe it. Um, so I'm just going to say I think in front of the sentence. Um, if, if, so obviously Frank Wright works in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, um, Carson Wentz is in a different environment. He's happy. I think this is going to be a good situation for, for everything. Um, and, you know, they're, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of Colts fans really uh, involved and in, in, in going to really enjoy this season, I think. I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, I can't wait to, to see uh, to listen to Pat McAfee every week on his show. Um, I think there's a possibility that if things start clicking, that Carson – look, I think that – I think Josh Allen will win MVP this season. So I'm not picking Carson Wentz to, make, to win the MVP. I think J- Josh Allen is going to be the MV- – either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. One of those two is going to be MVP. But, but, but don't be surprised if Carson Wentz enters the conversation at some point next season if things get, uh, get rolling um, p- very precisely. Okay, and why do you think that? You really think that Frank Wright is a mastermind? Yeah, because if you look at this, and again, Carson played really well under Frank Wright. He got that job in, in, in Indiana, and then he had another year where he was very, fairly good, and then he's kind of, ever since that injury, hadn't been the same. Last year was awful, but he had a, he had a head coach that wasn't in that. They drafted Jalen Hurts, and then – he was pulled in a game, and they put a third-string quarterback. There's it, it, not a lot of sense that came on there, but but if they can get on the same page, and if they can if they can um, operate the way they were in Philadelphia a few years ago, he 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 will be in the conversation for MVP, and I think he will make the Pro Bowl, depending on how many spots there are in that in that conference. But but I, I think he he has all the ability. He's extremely talented, so it's 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 never been about that. If he can fence, fix the mental part of the game that he has issues with, then I think he'll be he'll be off to the races. Because the, the issue I've had with Carson Wentz is that the deer in the headlights vibe, that after a bad situation, he can't adapt to it. So if, if he fixes that part of his game, um, then, again, I think he can be really good this year. And, again, I'm not, don't, I'm not saying 100% he'll be there, but – if things get off to a good start and there's no miscommunication and everyone's on the same page, then certainly uh, he, he'll be in that conversation. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end our show. Uh, thanks, everybody, that listens to this. It's about an hour, about almost a two-hour show. That was well done, my friend. <laughs> Indeed. I will post this episode um, uh, either today or tomorrow. I want to make sure that everything sounds good and all that, and then uh, – We'll get it out to you and um, so on and so we, forth. And but um, We're going to try to do this every week now because we got the NBA playoffs and training camp's about to start. And I, I do have an ambition. I do want to go more in depth over every division before the season starts. Yeah, this was just kind of – we did the draft and we just throwing everything together. But, yeah. yeah that's what, we're only four months away from football. <laughs> that's crazy. And then preseason football. And then we have the Euros in, in a couple months, and then there's you know there's just a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. Back. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting, and 
get, again, the more we get into this, the, the more we can have those conversations and so on. Um, and the NBA playoffs coming up. Um, I'm more excited about the NFL season coming than the NBA playoffs, to be honest. But, um, but uh, it, it's still, there's still obviously a lot of stuff we can talk, we can get into. Yeah, and everybody that's wishing that the LeBron James doesn't come back healthy, y'all are evil people. Um, you want to see the GOAT at its prime? Yes, the GOAT, not Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's funny because we're on the same page, but everyone we talk to is totally against what we say other than a few people. But, um, again, I think he's the GOAT. You think he's the GOAT. And I just don't like fans that, that wish um, negative things upon others um, and things like that. You know, it's, it's – it's, I, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to win the finals this year, but we'll talk about that next week. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.